We're slovenly, we're feelingy, we're really kinda dumb. We're Terry, Shar, and Lissa, all here to have some fun. So guard your holes, let's make some rolls and talk some D and D with the cave drill. You really well. Sometimes I will say like you just you choose to turn it on, right? Like you're probably always good at faking being awake, but sometimes you're just like fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no some days i'm just like yeah i could totally you know pretend like i'm awake and a functioning human like most other people are at 10 a.m or i could be a crab <laughs> it just depends on the mood listen that's fair that's fair i get it i think you're just excited because Liz is not here today i think that's what oh my is. god i'm so i'm feel free <laughs> i'm unshackled <laughs> I the, there's two things that I love about working with other artists because this is the first time like I've done this endeavor many times different podcasts and stuff but like working with another writer it's really fun because like I'll mention like something about writing you completely understand and then I'll mention yep. about like drawing or working on design and Lisa completely understands which is really cool yep. but the hard part <laughs> is like oh yeah by the way here's this really important thing that I said that wasn't happening is totally happening I can't be there I'm like, okay, you could have mentioned this before. Oh. And, <laughs> uh, and there's three of us, right? And, like, I think that we're all good and bad at, at different times, but Lissa's is yeah. always the most funny because it's always, like, the biggest deal with the shortest amount of notice. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going it to have, is. like, uh, my brain transplanted tomorrow. I didn't mention that. Yeah, I can't I can't record. It's not even that, like, she just – she's really bad at keeping track of time. Like, she's just <laughs> – she doesn't understand, like, I mean, she when she wants to be, she is, but I just think most of the time she just doesn't want to be, like, on schedule or on time for anything, and that's just how she operates, and she still, like, gets shit done, and she gets shit done well, but her concept of time continues to baffle me to the point where, like, she will have, like, a doctor's appointment in the middle of the week. She's like, oh, yeah, I've had this plan for, like, two months, but I just remembered it's tomorrow, and I'm just like... <laughs> Did you not set a reminder? Like, did you not remember that you had this really important doctor's appointment? No? Okay. All right. Cool. Got it. She, <laughs> Sweet. she once texted me. She was like, hey, can we reschedule the show uh, to this day? Because I'm busy on this other day. I'm like traveling. I was like, sure. No problem. So we move it. And then I get a text message about 15 minutes into the show. Hey, like I had a doctor's appointment. I'm on the bus right now. I don't know if I'm going to make it. I'm like, no, you're not going to make it. That was 15 minutes ago. <laughs> from the fake time that i gave you you know like <laughs> oh yeah I, I always i try to give her fake times but even then she i think she sees through me now and she's just like oh no i know you're telling me an hour early so i'm gonna be even later now and i was like why do you do this to me uh, it's not hard to be on time i know you're just on your couch on tiktok <laughs> and i have no judgment for that like... I love it. It's, it is nice like, like we talked about like how like we mostly do this one for fun we, we you know we have the patreon it funds so we can keep it going but this is mostly for us right this is kind of like a personal yeah. endeavor so it, it takes that pressure off so like if she does have a random doctor's appointment it's good you know the world's not gonna end but it is funny as we go further as like the audience sees because like they always <laughs> react like the one they react to most is when we're like oh hey this is off this time or we're gonna do this like something special because they like what we do weirdly enough i don't understand yeah that. but weird. so like the thing that i'm trying not to like focus on with like my own eccentricities are the ones that the audience reminds me of most like oh hey what's going on why wasn't this on this one I'm like oh no Oh uh, no! It's it's literally nothing dramatic. It's just <laughs> it's just everyday occurrences. It's 
we're having a falling it's out. Lissa, you know, Lissa had said some choice words Kinda to feud. us online. And, um, well, uh, then again, she she did slander me in one of our friends' Discord <laughs> channels because I made a plan um, on Eurovision Day when we had very tentative plans to watch the first day of Eurovision together. And she was like, how dare you betray me? And I'm like, Lissa, I told you about this three days ago when I had to schedule something on this day. And she's like, I didn't think you meant it. And I'm just like, of course. What do you mean? I, of course I meant it. What do you mean? Uh, I think like part of it too, sometimes like not often because Lissa is so fluent in so many different languages, but sometimes there are just a few little idioms where where she'll not pick up what I'm saying. I know that's like a more of a personal thing, but I'm like, hey, this, and she was like, oh yeah, no, I didn't get that at all. That's uh, I'm glad you explained I that. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so before we go any further, hello and welcome to the Cave Trolls podcast. My name is Terry Smith. With me, as always, is one half of the Slavonly Trolls. At least I feel like always there's one half of you here. Sharday, how's it going? Yes, the most reliable slovenly <laughs> troll. Yes, Which hello. Is such a low me. bar, right? Like, it, it really is. We're both not very reliable. <laughs> so, <laughs> housekeeping. If you're listening to this right now, uh, I, I'll get into the rigmarole of what this show is, but I will say that the D and D Honor Among Thieves uh, spoiler cast is going up today which is thursday when we're recording you'll be listening to this tomorrow already having access to the honor among thieves spoiler cast so let me know what you think of that i am appearing on the roll the dice character creation corner stream where we're going to be making a bunch of new tales for the loop characters uh with dm rick friend of the show so i'm really excited about that and uh we're not doing um uh lore rewrite this month but we are doing a book uh mm -hmm. review book corner book club talk book club book club talk uh <laughs> over on bitches of books on our patreon and we're doing a crystal shard this month so with all of that out of the way this is the cave Trolls podcast where we tell you about all the tt tt rpg news um i don't know what all the other t stand for but two of them are tabletop um, one of them is just tea <laughs> it's just tea we tell you about the tea, tea, RPG, tea. Sometimes, sometimes we do sometimes we do, do that. we, we do that's tea. true it's i'm are we lying though no no and if you get your tt tt rpg news anywhere else uh you're wrong so without further ado let's jump into it Charday. first up our bits and bob sections where we get into all the new games and supplements coming out to a tabletop table near you um is that redundant sure i don't know but i wrote it in the script so that's what i'm gonna say first up is kaboa the south american 5e pathfinder 2e and cfr setting um this one i don't know what cfr stands for <laughs> i had to i had to look it up i was thinking the same thing i'm like that's not cortex is it but you scroll down and it's for cobalt press's core fantasy role playing oh! it's the project black black and i'm like i think this is the first time i've seen it abbreviated so i, I was very unclear didn't they change the it, name of that? I don't know. I I I haven't been keeping up. I'll be honest. I use I haven't seen a lot of news we about, about it. We talked about it on the show. We did they... no, yeah, we did when it was like first a thing, and I do remember it as Project Black Flag, and then I remember them having a name, but because the name wasn't as cool as Project Black Flag, right? That we just said we, we were gonna go with Project it. Black Flag. So there's a good chance that the Kickstarter was just like, hey, we already wrote this stuff. We're not going to go yeah. back and change it but i got you that that makes more sense i appreciate it um so yeah uh it's a south american team um based on their stories and culture which is really cool you don't see it enough in a lot of 5e settings so i'm really excited about that i work with a lot of artists 
um, from South America, from a ton of different countries, a lot from Brazil. So just seeing like some more representation in our games is really cool. I think it's really easy to appropriate based on the 90s when we think of, uh, you know, all of the Indiana Jones knockoffs that are like, oh, we're going to South America. And it's just a place where we can just say, oh, it's exotic and different. So to have like a team that's actually based in South America working on this is really heartening, and I'm really excited to see because it is such a like a cool culture. And when you like look into the mythology, it's so fucking cool. And there's a reason why that like it's such an exciting setting because their shit's awesome. And I, I feel like we get the same old stuff sometimes. So seeing them go to mm-hmm. South America is pretty cool. What are you thinking about this? I I'm just looking through like the art and I'm scrolling through like all the weird like stuff well not it's not weird it's just it's weird to me because i haven't seen stuff like this before but like all the different creature designs are so fucking rad looking it's so interesting there's like a right on the front cover there's somebody with butterfly wings and then there's like a genasi looking creature but not quite like there's just a couple things different and there's a giant worm monster that will give me nightmares um and I really, I really like what they're going for a okay. lot. I, I'm really excited about this. And I will say, just like as like a backer of the project, um, you don't see it a lot on Kickstarter. And I wish they would because Kickstarter, if you don't know, on the little like right panel where you can click what you want to back, has all the tiers. And it explains it pretty well. But this one goes a step further and has a map. Um, like halfway down the page, it's like, hey, listen, if you're on this tier, these are the five things that you get spelled out right next to all of the other things you get as you go up through the tiers. So if you get confused, you can just do a quick reference real quick and go, okay, I, I did the digital tier. That means I get the PDF. Um, I get mm-hmm. like uh, all the different PDFs for all the different systems. If I do the hardcover edition, I get the PDFs for all of it plus the 5e hardcover, um, which I believe is the only one that's getting a hardcover book is just the 5e edition. So if you want those other systems, uh... you just get the PDF. So be warned if you were like hoping for um, the CF uh, like hardcover, it's not happening with this, um, and so on and so f- so forth. So I appreciate that because. If you do a lot on Kickstarter, even though it says exactly what you what you're getting, it's hard to compare because like if you want a chance to upgrade, you're like actually I want to up my tier or I want to downgrade my tier, knowing exactly what you're gonna get instead. Sometimes is kind of a bit of a jumble. Mm-hmm. So um, that's pretty exciting. For thirty five bucks, you can get the digital um, side. So thirty five bucks is the minimum to jump in. I recommend it if you're looking for something uh, a little bit more like nuanced in. Uh, how it i'm not going to say that like there are no other games that approach any sort of south american heritage uh but this one definitely is coming from people that understand it people that mm-hmm. are, i think in my opinion deserve to use it in the game i think there's a lot of like appropriation when it comes to other teams using some mythology from other places so um that's that's what i'm gonna say on that <laughs> like, uh, I, without calling like because it, it's hard if you call out one you should probably call out all of them so you need to call it all of them because like they all have roots in the same core issue that we've talked about a lot on this podcast and the slovenly trolls both like they all come from usually the same toxic gross place exactly which is, so which is uh colonialism um, uh, 150 pages of content, 13 forms to use as races or in lieu of races, um, in your campaign, two all new classes, uh, 12 new subclasses, new magic items, feats, spells, and a bunch of other really cool world building. And then 25 plus 
new creatures um and not all of them even though like it's kind of like their bestiary section not all of them are hostile which i think kind of gets left behind sometimes when people put out a bestiary it's like look at all these things to fight and that's not always the case it's just kind of where our mind goes when it comes to D D specifically and i think this book does a good job of calling out that not everything is out for you to murder <laughs> good as it should be <laughs> yeah so just wanted to throw that out there uh go check that out uh kaboa the south american 5e pf2 and cfr setting um and i apologize if i'm pronouncing that incorrectly i don't know there was no pronunciation guide uh moving on next up is fablecraft we've talked a little bit about this on the show do you remember this one Charlie? i remember the name and i'm scrolling through trying to like Oh, okay. This is the digital one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah, vague, vague, vague recollections of this. I need to refamiliarize myself. I think we talked about it when like the Kickstarter wasn't live yet. They were just kind of doing the rounds and talking about it. So it's finally launched, uh, or the Kickstarter (laughs) is finally launched. You can go back it, Um, and I, I, I guess the closest thing you could say is like it's a medium for RPGs. Um, It also has like a system built in. But it also is like, hey, this is a platform. So think like other VTTs, like plus, like they're trying to do on all in one type of platform. That's really easy for beginners for people to jump into. That's kind Mm -hmm. of their aim for this. Um, They've done a couple of interviews. Uh, I recommend if you're looking at it and you're like, oh, I like this art. I like the system, this idea that you're doing on here. Um, They explain it really well on the YouTube uh, explainer. Mm -hmm. It's a little long, though. Like, I'm not going to read the entire yeah. thing, but um, just know, too, like, it's still technically in beta. So if you back this project, you're going to get beta access. You're going to be there on the ground floor, which means bugs, <laughs> which means, you know, you're you. testing this for them. So don't forget that you're paying to be part of the beginning of a big tech uh, thing. You get the Fablecraft base game. Your name goes in the credits. You're a founder role on their Discord uh, talking about that stuff. So just know that. And I think that comes in at like nine dollars that's what you get for that beta access and then for 30 bucks you can get um like an access for your entire group so it's like six plus steam keys uh so Mm -hmm. you and your entire party can try it out which is what i would recommend if you're gonna jump into it because a lot of the features are how it works with gms and with the players and i think that's Mm -hmm. kind of where it shines um where in some systems it's like you're all part of just like if the GM wants to do something, they can move the screen and you're in chat with them. This goes a little bit right. further. I think it goes really well. I don't know if you're not running their system, if you're not like doing Fablecraft, how well it works with other systems. Um, yeah, it doesn't really mention anything about that. Exactly. Um, so I would recommend doing your own research on that one. Uh, I like the way that it kind of builds out how you can show what, what like thing you're fighting or what kind of scenario you're in. And how well it runs all of, like, the different cameras if you want to be on camera with your friends and how it goes. It seems to run smoothly. This is based on, like, canned footage, though. That's not like I didn't see anybody run this to test this. I don't have any hands-on experience with it. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, me, like, if it's if it's got people that like RPGs and they're not complaining about it as they're playing it, which is the thing that we all do. Um, like, you can see, like, uh, Abria, Eingar messing with this. Uh who else? Felicia Day um, is another mm-hmm. one that went hands-on in the video. So uh, there's that. And also, I'm kind of a sucker when they're like, hey, we're not just doing D20s in this. Everybody else is D20. We made our own system for this. Uh, mm-hmm. Which, again, sucker for. I don't. That also means, like, how good is it? Um, but the positives for it is, like, 
damage is automatically calculated. It does all the math for you, which I know to a lot of players is like the daunting part, if not like the part that just makes them go, I don't want to do math for fun. So they don't <laughs> play it at all. Like this handles Same. all of that. <laughs> I mean, and, I, and I get that. And being somebody who plays a lot of Genesis, uh, which is there's no math in the system. You just like it cancels out symbols. So like that's a positive symbol. That's a negative symbol. Um, mm. You're not adding things up for it. You just kind of, you, you know, you roll three purple dice to show how difficult it is and you go off their pictures. So like, I like that they're kind of going with a math light system and it's mm -hmm. all calculated in game. I like all of that. I will say that it's not as bare bones as something as roll 20. So like the difficulty of your system being able to run it, you do install this isn't in a browser. You download it from steam. So keep that in mind before you go buy the six person steam beta, mm -hmm. uh, and like have everyone download it and then you have your one friend who's got a mac from 1999 like we do they <laughs> might have a hard time <laughs> um i didn't get a chance to check out too much of the setting i like how colorful it is it looks happy um and it also looks bare bones so like easy to kind of throw in your own stuff when it comes to what they've done world building wise uh mm -hmm. i don't know if you've had a chance to check out too much more uh, of that um no so yeah not a lot to say there the final thing that i'll mention is it also has a creator marketplace so you're going to be able to make things for this as almost like a vtt store page so think you know drive through rpg you're going to be able to sell stuff there which is really cool it's smart that they built it into the system they're not trying to retroactively mm -hmm. add it looking at you D, &D beyond um <laughs> like you know like this is set up they're they're forward thinking i like a lot of the minds behind this i like all the things they're saying but without going like further into it and speculating that's about what i have on there um, so check that out. I had the link there. Let me know if you have gone hands-on. I know people that have. I just haven't been able to talk to them about it. So if, you, if you've messed around with this, please let me know. Hit me up on Twitter. Or better yet, you know, email me because you know I don't talk to anybody on Twitter because Twitter's a hellscape that I'm afraid of. <laughs> it's scary Coward. over there. <laughs> Coward. Now Tucker I mean, Carlson's scary. putting a whole show over there. I'm like, it just gets worse. Oh, my God, worse. don't. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw that yesterday. <laughs> Moving on, John Wick, Die Hard, and James Bond inspired this cinematic action RPG, Outgunned. Uh, man, the 80s and like, uh, like action heroes, period, are really having their swan song when it comes to um, RPGs. Like, I feel like as people are like starting to pivot away from 5e, they're like, hold on, hold on, before you go, like, we got, we got John Wick. You want John Wick? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, uh, Outgunned is the newest one, but we, I know I can't remember the name of that other action hero RPG that we talked about. And then there's one with, like, Godzilla. Like, they're really, they're, mm. like, hammering home. They're like, hey, IPs, we can do stuff. You want RPG? We can do that. Yeah. <laughs> Come play this one. But we don't have dragons, but we have guns and cool action people. Oh, man. They also, like, they have weird, like, I wouldn't say deep cuts, because people know True Lies. You know, it's a James Cameron movie. I'm not going to say, like, it's a deep cut. But not everybody knows True Lies. You know, you yeah, know I have James no Bond. idea what okay. I have no idea what that is. It's an Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jamie Lee Curtis joint from uh, the early 90s. It's a really good action spy thriller type thing. Arnold Schwarzenegger okay. is a spy. His wife doesn't know that he is. And their daughter's kidnapped, Eliza Dushku. Um, so mm -hmm. they kind of team up and she finds out that her husband's a spy and he finds out that she'd be really good at spy work. It's a really good film. 
um in my opinion uh i i but i don't know if that like inspires like oh i need an rpg of this mm-hmm. <laughs> john wick i think has like a lot of that like cool like video gamey assassin world building i could see that die hard is just supposed to be a dude you know just like a bro cop who gets into bad situations how you tie that into a game is also interesting i don't know if he, yeah yeah so check out outgunned i got a link there i don't know too much more about it i don't know if there is too much more to know about it really yeah um, it says it's upcoming so it's it's one of those things where there it's like announced but we don't know like too much about it other than oh here's like the elevator pitch kind of deal exactly like, the kickstarter hasn't launched yet um, yeah, you know, but it's already pledged and backed. Like they had a ten thousand dollar goal, they hit one hundred and forty nine thousand, which is like, uh, I I don't know, like at least a month. They got fourteen days wow. left if you want to back it. Um, so uh, they got a, a few more details there. They have all the different PDFs, so it's almost like separate things. You know, you have the Outgun, Worlds of Killers, Action Flicks. Um, you can jump into, they mentioned Need for Speed, uh, but it. when I'm looking at it, I, I apologize, so it's not fully 5E, it looks almost a little bit closer to Cyberpunk, um, at least laid out by their uh, character sheet, uh, but I'll have to dive a, a deep into it and maybe uh, see if I can give it a try so I can uh, actually report back. I'm a little bit more excited knowing that it's not 5E, so... That's cool. Yeah, those D6 system. Oh, they have action dice with pictures and not numbers. Look at that. Like Look at that. that. You're saying all the right Look things to that. me. Um, <laughs> this one, uh, you know, I was giving it shit. I think I like this one a little bit more than the other action flick ones that we've talked about recently because mm-hmm. of the archetypes that they laid out for their character classes. Um, they seem to embody that a little bit more rather than like the point by or like you're just playing as this character. So I, mm-hmm. I like that. Like you have the the agent, the ace, the brain, the charmer, the commando, the criminal, the fighter, the nobody, the sleuth, and the spy. Um, I really, really like that. And they have subclasses in there. So yeah, um, I'm you yep. know what? I started out really lukewarm on this <laughs> and after reading that, I'm like, I'm kind of excited. Do I, I mean you this? might even you might even be more sold because they hit a goal over 130,000. It's going to be available on Alchemy VTT. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my... <laughs> They're coming back. Oh, <laughs> They're getting man. everything. I've been, I've been trying to figure out if I mess with Alchemy. The thing is, is like, uh, so reaching out, it's like we could do like um, some content with it. We could, you know, mm. try it out. But like, we don't use VTT stuff. Like, you even don't. you who run almost <laughs> exclusively online games, you don't use yep. VTTs. So, no. <laughs> I'm like, I, I want to be a part of this. Like, they're interested and, like, they're reaching out to tons of creators. They're, like, they're doing all the cool stuff, but, like, I don't, we don't have anything to offer. Mm. They don't have anything to offer us. Like, I just, mm. I kind of feel disingenuous going, oh, we got this alchemy code or we want to try it out. We don't. Like, you know, it's not. We just, for we're us. not VTT people, but we're really excited for the people who are, like, huge VTT people and do use it at their tables and for their games. Exactly. So. It was just like Fablecraft. Like, when we started reading, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember this. We've talked about this before, but it just flies under our radar because we just don't use that and I, want I i like buy a lot of vtts on steam like i have yeah. all the, like, the nice ones and i'm like but i'm oh never gonna use this <laughs> like when <laughs> yeah like i'm not opposed to it but i also have like a six-year-old seven-year-old laptop who probably couldn't run it and zoom even if i wanted to <laughs> So I, listen, that Mac from 1999, because that was six years ago, because we're not as old as we are. 
Um, I am like, so you know. offended that you think I would ever buy a Mac. <laughs> I appreciate I it. feel genuinely hurt that you would ever expect. That's Lissa's bag. Like, I'll fuck with Macs. I, so <laughs> like, I almost bought not. So uh, I've been upgrading. So because my comic book stuff is actually like operating now and I'm working on my own graphic novel, I was kind of upgrading my own setup because I draw a lot. Mm -hmm. Like uh, I'll do my, mm -hmm. my initial sketches on my computer and I print them out like big format and I ink them. And mm -hmm. so, like, I was upgrading my printer so I can print larger scale so I can sell the prints when the book's done. And then I was like, well, I should probably update how I'm drawing digitally because I do, like, uh, mm -hmm. a graphics tablet that doesn't have a screen and stuff. It's, like, a pretty cheap version. Um, mm -hmm. And I was like, well, maybe I should upgrade, you know, drop, like, a pretty penny instead of upgrading my PC. I'll do that. And I'm looking at all this and I'm like, I could also get, in, in, you know, an iPad Pro because they have uh, Procreate, and Procreate's really good. It's not the best That's for true. professional, but it's pretty good. Like, the program itself is better than the iPad. And I'm like, I, mm -hmm. could, I could do Procreate. I didn't end up doing mm -hmm. it, but I want you to know, like, I was close. I was, like, this close to purchasing an iPad last week. I mean, I even as somebody who's not a Mac person, even I know that, like, the, the reason I know that people I know have Macs isn't because they're huge, like they're huge fans of Apple or Mac. It's just like, no, I had to get it because it just runs the Adobe creative suite the best it is made for that. And I'm like a hundred percent. I agree with you. Yes. But also it sucks. And they're like, Oh yeah, it totally <laughs> sucks. I would not have gotten a Mac if I didn't need it for my art. And I'm like, I'm so lucky. I am not a visual art person. I can write on any machine, even a typewriter or just draw it, like writing it out, like handwritten. Like, but I understand why people have them for the artistic perspective, but it's still, sorry still. you have to deal with that, buddy. <laughs> you know, it's funny too. Cause like, we don't like, we're of the same minds. Like, well, anything I can write on, like it's free for me to write. I can do it on a notebook. I can do it on a word processor, but like the amount of people that, really care about which word processor they use oh sure it's always so staggering like i had brought up that i, I use word because it's just like it's what i have you know, same I have infinite yeah. license for words same. So I use it. and mm -hmm. somebody was talking about like oh no i would never and like they either use like google yes. docs or whatever i was like i didn't know this was a thing i'm weird for you same no i i I ran into this like right after I graduated undergrad. I like partnered up with one of my writing buddies and she used a I don't even remember what the program was, but it was just a program that like it, it had like built-in organizational tools in it. You could organize it by chapter and then you could have like different subfolders and it was like this freeware program, but you could pay for the, you know, like the better version and she's like i'll never go back to word again and then i downloaded it and i tried to use it and i'm just like this is too high tech for me i need microsoft <laughs> word and that's it like i'm a techie person i like trying new things with tech but like i'm just like absolutely like i must just want, like living in the stone age i am george R. R. martin of our generation who like he refuses to write on any what is it machine that's built after like 1990 or yeah, 1980 he likes, he likes he's another one like he i think he recently had updated which processor he uses like which word processor good for him <laughs> because that company made one that is still like it gets the same thing it's like the bare bones it's like the way that yeah. it used to be or something like that but yeah. like even though like i i understand people have preferences i'm like i just don't care i gotta get the stuff out of my head before i forget it so, no, exactly. And if I just, I, I have my own organization system. Like I have folders and sure. sometimes I'll put like notes in drive. Like I've been using Google drive a little bit more often for like, 
um, like world building stuff and just things that aren't part of the actual story, but things I will need and they're in a safe and secure place. But like for the actual like written stuff, I'm like, no, Microsoft Word. Why would you ever write a novel in Google Docs? Like what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> but obviously everybody, I know somebody who wrote their novel in Google Docs. <laughs> like it works for them. 100%. I talk to a lot of people that work purely in notepad still. And I'm like, I don't what? How, how, you know? Notepad? Like, yeah. That's this like, is a spell check. Yeah. That, and that's what they do. And then when they like formalize it, they'll go into something uh, a little bit more like, like Adobe publishing type thing. Like they'll, you know, wow. they make it look nice at the end, but when they write, they just use notepad uh so to me wow. i'm like word is bare bones like nothing pops yeah. up on word that is like oh god like clippy isn't bothering me these days you know yeah he died uh, a long time ago <laughs> we took him out <laughs> um anyways moving on tunnels and trolls the second big rpg released after the original DD is returning with a fresh edition from a new studio sniper elite and 2080 publisher rebellion takes over the veteran fantasy game uh, this comes from Matt Jarvis over at Dicebreaker. Uh, classic RPG Tunnels and Trolls is making a return on the eve of its 50th anniversary with a new edition. Released in 1975 by publisher Flying Buffalo, Tunnels and Trolls is generally considered to be the second major tabletop RPG ever published, following the original first edition of Dungeons & Dragons released the previous year. Uh, other early RPGs, such as Empire of the Petal Throne, were self-published earlier but didn't see a wider release till later on. Uh, Tunnels and Trolls' connection to D&D is more than just timing. The game was created by Arizona librarian Ken St. Andre after reading the rules to Dungeons & Dragons and finding them a little too complex. In response, Andre Alan. wrote his own set of rules for fantasy role-playing, specifically designed to be easier to pick up than D&D. The game opted to use six-sided dice, eight basic traits, strength, intelligence, luck, constitution, dexterity, and charisma, and a point-based magic system in comparison to D&D's use of differently-sided dice and more complicated mechanics. Um, so that, it's really interesting. Like The other thing that was kind of notable about is you could play it solo. I remember that um so there was that like if you didn't have a group of friends which is really cool which you can play D&D solo i've done it many times because i was sad and lonely but uh <laughs> but tunnels and trolls was built for that uh which is kind of interesting seeing it come back though like does, does anyone remember tunnels and trolls like i had to I google like it to jog my memory i definitely think i've come across it when researching stuff with slovenly trolls because mm -hmm. the um, the cover art of the original looks familiar. It has a unicorn, um, which is triggering for me personally. But <laughs> uh, I, I've definitely seen it. I've never looked into it. But the fact that it was published in 1975 doesn't give me um, any fuzzy feelings because right. I've read a lot of stuff published in 1975. And... Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, they, I'm very scared. They, they've <laughs> I'm updated scared. it several times. Like they did a bit, a bit like uh, they did a big like 30 year uh, anniversary in 2008 okay. uh, for like their seventh edition. Uh, they did one exclusively in uh, French in 2012 with like a deluxe edition in 2015. So like oh. they've done it several times, and the 2000 AD uh, is a it's like a cult comic book. They, if you know Judge Dredd, that's where Judge Dredd comes from. Um, um, and they also do Sniper Elite, which is like a really popular video game where you know where you're a sniper. It's pretty self-explanatory. So 
it's kind of weird that they're picking up this this game, but also not weird at all because they already have like such niche products anyways. The, mm. Adding a, a role-playing game is not that crazy when you look at their portfolio. But this one in particular is interesting because like the reason why you buy a classic game instead of making your own is like cachet, right? We're like, oh, yeah. I remember Tunnels and Trolls. Do people remember Tunnels and Trolls? Um, That's a good question for our those who were like around during the time it was originally published. And sadly, like in European, which is the other thing, because like 2000 AD, that's an that's an English comic book. If you don't know, like really, oh sure, Um, Mm -hmm. Sniper Elite, you know, mostly um, created by I believe um, uh, foreign studios. So this idea where like they only published one in in French a few years ago, it might have more of like European cachet. So uh, sadly with Lissa gone, we can't ask, but she might not know anyways. I know she doesn't like dive deep into all of those, Um, (laughs) but I'd love to hear from, uh, from our listeners abroad. If tunnels and trolls does actually have a little bit of that name recognition and that's why they went for it. But um, I'm always excited to see like, uh, what they do with it? Do you think that they're gonna go with like the OGL SRD from D and D and just have it be like another five E game? Do you think they're gonna continue with the toned down, a little bit easier to play D six type system? I I have no idea because I'm not familiar with the studio, so I don't even think I could make an educated guess. But whatever they do, I just hope it's not like we're gonna use all of the same like you know lore and we're gonna use all of the same. Uh, stuff that was in these games and really all we're going to update it is for all the cool stuff that's been going on with ttrpg systems like we're going to update like what dice you roll and like all if they just focus on updating the mechanics instead of updating everything else that's attached to it that's what i'm worried about but i don't i don't know because i don't know this studio but um, I'm I'm hesitant. Right. And like the way that like uh that company works, like when I think about like 2080 is basically its own entity. Like it's just like there's a big company that gets profits and says like, hey, do more stuff or whatever, but they're basically do their own thing. Um as a publisher. So mm-hmm. I, I can't see them like forcing them in any way. Um it being a European game where they've had to deal with stuff like that in the past with a lot of their TTRPGs. I could see this being a little bit more updated uh, than than some of the stuff that's like, no, we're going for the classic game. It's the exact same lore, uh, you mm-hmm. know, boob armor. You know, I don't, I don't see that happening. But that could just be the optimist in me. You know, like like people should know better. I'm so I'm so glad that you're still optimistic about this. Stuff. I know, and I'm I, the thing is, I'm not. I'm trying to be. Whereas, like I say, like oh, this <laughs> is, but like I could honestly see it going the other way, right? Like, which is so common. I'm just. I just have such low expectations and I try to even make them lower. So I am pleasantly surprised. Like I don't wish that this company is going to do bad things. I don't want them to. I'm just expecting it. And then hopefully they will exceed my expectations and I can, you know, put my foot in my mouth and be like, I was wrong. They did something really fucking cool. But I can say that because my expectations were literally like below sea level. <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh, number one Tunnels and Trolls fan. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, man. All right. Well, moving on to our next segment. This is the Village Crier, where we go into the center of town and yell about the stuff you should hear about. Only one item on the docket this time around, uh, but a really interesting article from Dicebreakers, uh, Matt Jarvis. Learn how to get your game published and meet industry experts at the first Tabletop Creator Summit. Later this month, a free London event will uh, include expert talks on design, manufacturing, crowdfunding, and marketing, followed by an industry networking event. Um, So you can, there's a link to sign up right now. It's just called the Tabletop Creator Summit. Uh, It's going to be Friday, May 26th. So like you have a little bit of time left to go do it if you're going to be in London. It's kind of like a business to business event, but it's got, I, in my opinion, some really interesting talking points. Uh, I was wondering, like I had brought this up to a couple of friends that, that are in like the health industry where it's like, are these uh summits and conventions that are for like niche um uh you know like careers and you're like oh we're going to the the dentist uh um convention where it's like all dentists talking to each other is that kind of dying out because of after the pandemic and online you know being Mm -hmm. such a powerful thing so it's interesting to see something like this come back and because often when it comes to nerdy things there's a lot of gatekeepers um with like how to get into it and this is how you actually be successful so depending on which information they give this could be a really cool thing because i think a lot of times we go oh well if it's not published by this giant company it's not worth it um and that's just not the case and it'll be really cool to see more of that information go to the people so i'm excited about this you're gonna go Charday. i know you're always talking about getting back to london I mean, I would if uh, tickets didn't cost two thousand um, dollars. Yeah, however. yeah, no comps. <laughs> I've been checking the email; uh, they haven't reached out. Uh, well, um, we do, we do have somebody on the ground in London. I was gonna, so go. like, listen, I'm joking, but I am sending the email right now, so maybe <laughs> see. I'm not gonna comp. <laughs> like, it's not a. Our coffers are not uh, so so deep that we can send this over two grand. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's not. I it's wish. like the like. It's like okay, can we afford to get this book for the book club this month? Is more where we're at, right. um, mm-hmm. <laughs> than going to a two thousand dollar event. Um, that doesn't surprise me though. So many of those those like, uh, uh, I I wouldn't say cons because that makes it sound like I'm I'm talking shit. But so many of those business to business opportunities. Um, mm-hmm. are about making money for the organization that's organizing well, the event. To be um, fair, the Tabletop Creator Summit does say it'll be free to attend. The only reason I can't go is because plane tickets cost $2,000. Oh, I thought you were saying the ticket was $2,000. No. Oh, God, oh. no. That would be ludicrous. I was like, no, I no, missed no. this. Okay, that makes way No, better. no, no. It's free, it's free to attend. So if you are in the London area and you do want to, like, oh, go, well, go because it's free. But I can't go because I can't afford to fly. Right? Well, then I should be able to get this uh, ticket. Um... Uh, yeah. I think we should send her as a delegate uh, for missing today specifically to make her do all the work. Yes. Let me not just send like an inquiry email. Let me just go and sign up. Like, I can oh. just sign up. Because <laughs> I just sent an email oh, well, like, I... hey, like, how do I go about getting a press pass for this? And, like, it's probably just like, just sign up, dummy. It's free. <laughs> just sign up. It's it's fucking free. But also, like, the the old. The thing is, like, will this actually be in London or will she be in Finland? Because I never know where she is. Or having surgery <laughs> or there's a, uh, you know, yeah. there's a parade that she signed up to drive the float for. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, there's always something. But I, know um, something. I, don't know. I can't wait to get that email back and be like, well, I mean, I could get you one, but you know, it's free. To you know, it's free. <laughs> 
this is why I shouldn't do things while we're recording the podcast. I do a lot of that. You know, it's like in between the like, you know, spur of the moment. Like, yeah, let's sign up for this. Let's buy this game. Let's check this out. And I feel like sometimes uh, maybe I you do should silly think things. before you do that. <laughs> or you should I mean, wait if, till you're not talking. <laughs> yeah, no, this is not the way oh, I okay. operate. Sure. Uh, yeah, like as I go down the next paragraph, sign up is free. <laughs> Well, I think we need to learn. Uh, we need to learn Terry how to read. I mean, the thing is, like, I I could say that, like, oh, I missed it because I was talking. I read this article <laughs> earlier. <laughs> well, also, it's in the byline. Free London event will include extra talks on design manuals. I literally said it out loud to you. You but did. But then when you said the two thousand dollar thing, I went, oh, I must have missed something. No, I think I said plane tickets. I was definitely <laughs> maybe I was not listening when you got to that. Point. Oh, I really thought you just had said scary. ticket. Um, but that's so funny. Yeah, so it's free. So go check that out. Um, really, really good stuff if you're interested in jumping in. Uh, I've been to a lot of creator events like that where it's just like, hey, this is how we do this thing for different industries, admittedly. But it's really helpful to hear from people who have done it and not just from like, yeah. how does Hasbro publish this game? You know, like going mm-hmm. to talk to people who have done it, who were, you know, grassroots on the ground making games. That's how I learned how to do everything when it comes to comic books was just talking to other creators who have done it. And it's the best way, in my opinion, to go make something artsy that you're going to try to sell to people uh, because companies don't want to tell you because they're doing that. Why would they tell you how to do it? Yep. Um, exactly so if you are going or if uh you want to go let us know i would love to hear and if we can't get listed to go you know be our, be our correspondence i'll buy you a cave trolls t-shirt and you can wear it <laughs> be unofficial ambassadors 100 percent. i don't know if it'll get to you in time because <laughs> how long does it take to ship to the uk i don't know that's not on me um just listen you just uh do the thing that we did in college which is you get a shirt that's blank colored and then you cut out uh what you want out of like parchment paper like your shape um and then you get a a spray bottle filled with uh diluted bleach and you Mm. spray it on there and then you let it dry outside so you don't die and then it'll stain your design into the shirt um it looks really cool if you're good at it or it looks really bad if you're bad at it like i was um so you could do that and just write cave trolls i'm fine with that go have at it merry christmas <laughs> merry christmas happy new year ah uh, anyways i just spilled coffee on my glasses how did i do that you asked. how did you do that listen listen we're not gonna we're gonna move on um okay, it sure. protected my eyes from extremely hot coffee that's what matters <laughs> so when we left the bits and bob section i know what you were thinking you're like terry i feel like there was one more game that we could talk about well there was dear listener except for the news was much bigger than just being another game so we're moving on to our next segment the bardic inspiration one where we talk about all of the things that tabletop rpgs have inspired outside of the gaming table well this is a little bit of both critical roles new gothic horror series candela obscura uses first tabletop rpg built with illuminated worlds um Chardet, i probably should just let you geek out about this i'm sure you know a little bit more the article article i was <laughs> referencing is chase carter from Dicebreaker, but i feel like you might have things to say so well i mean i don't i didn't really know what the fuck this was but <laughs> i'm gonna be honest though i know that talison people they they like they released a like gif or a very short teaser video just with the i think just with the logo Uh uh-huh like and people are like 
people were thinking that it was maybe going to be another short campaign that Talos and Jaffe was doing because it had that Victorian Call of Cthulhu, maybe Vampire the Masquerade, gothic horror vibe, which Mm -hmm. is usually, if it has anything to do with that, it's usually going to be DM'd by Talos and Jaffe. And they got that part right, but they didn't get the part, like the system part right. Like nobody predicted whatever this is. And I still don't really understand what this is. It's like a... I don't know what the, the I don't know what it is. Okay, well I can talk a little bit about it. So we had talked about last week how they announced their new game at their their Darrington State of Press. Um yeah. which they were gonna do a game called Illuminated Worlds, and that was gonna be a system that was a little bit more open, it can do a few more things. And this is the first game inside using that system called Candela Obscura, and they're doing an actual play series using that system based on Right, okay. So it's a little yeah, bit that's... of uh, you know, gameception here happening. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. So Illuminated Worlds is the system powering the new game, Candela Obscura, mm-hmm. which is also the name of the actual play using said game. Um, mm-hmm. to go Dallas Jaffe is GMing from what I understand right um, or mm-hmm. what they call narrator slash light keeper which is what that light game uses keeper. as their general GM um, uh, uh, Matt Mercer is also going to be there um, it's a 1900 setting Laura Bailey Ashley Johnson uh, Robbie Damon and Anjali uh, is it Bimani Bimani um, Bimani yeah. well, thank you um, so they're going to be uh Framing each episode and fleshing out the world of mysticism, occult magic, and recovering from the Great War. Whatever that Great War was, I don't know. I've never yeah. heard of this setting because it's new, obviously. Um, but that's that's the case here. That's the information that we have. Um, I know this is exactly what we talked about. Like, well, if they're making their own game, they got to announce an actual play to go with that game. And we were right. <laughs> we were right. And, you know, based on Illuminated Worlds, the the pitch that we're getting uh, just on there, how it's going to be kind of open and there's going to be games using the Illuminated Worlds system. I'm mm-hmm. thinking this is going to be the start of them doing something a little bit closer to Dimension 20, where you have Critical Role and then you have these other um like almost uh anthology like series in my opinion i I could be Mm. wrong there but i feel like that might be the case they've already kind of been doing that for a while like they've dipped their toes into a lot of different systems not necessarily like with the same characters but with little one shots right little they've done one shots they've done um they started with exandria unlimited while it was still in critical role setting like they were make they were doing they were doing Alexandria Unlimited with different GMs. They were experimenting mm-hmm. with players that had never been on their show before. And they they have like recurring series that they do. Talos and Jaffe, I think, has done a couple of Vampire the Masquerade games for them that yeah. aren't really like anthology. I don't think it follows the same characters, but like it's the same kind of system. So they've been they've been doing this for a while, but maybe not in like the mini series Dimension 20 ask setting. Like, I don't know if they've announced how long the series is going to be, but it is going to be monthly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not going to be a weekly series that takes off at the end of the month, like critical role is, but it is going to be somewhat regular, but they have not announced how long it's going to be. If it is, it might be a really long campaign. Like we have no idea, or it could be a shorter bite-sized campaign like dimension 20. Yeah. And so like to, to get a little bit more into like what they have about the announced system. So it uses a pool of six sided dice an explicit bent towards smaller campaign arcs. So I think that kind of leads a little bit more credence to what you're saying, which is like, it's like a monthly show. It might not be serialized. It might be like one shots using this system. 
I can really see them going, hey, we have this whole built-in thing. Let's highlight this new game that we're going to sell and do something fun with it. Um, I think that's definitely going to be a part of it. I don't know if they fully have their decided plan yet, right? I think they're probably waiting mm -hmm. to see how well this does. If people, yeah. you know, you know, flock to it and what they want to do with it. So I'm excited about that. Um, I'm always excited to see, like, a new game system getting actual plays. There's so many out there. Um, but one of the bigger shows who play D and D doing more shows outside of the system, like you said, they've done it before, but this is a game that they're making. There's probably going to be a little yeah. bit more of a marketing push there. Mm -hmm. So that's just exciting. I get people excited to try a new game. This is the type of thing that will make them pick up another game. You know, I know people who have picked up Vampire Masquerade just because of who was involved with that actual play and mm -hmm. seeing them go, well, this is, I'm going to buy this whole system because critical role is doing these one shots in it. Um, now, uh, well, maybe I'll try out this other system, you know, like, uh, it's cool mm -hmm. to see that uh, this is all conjecture. We don't know. I have no idea. We don't know if it's, we don't even know if the system's any good because they have not, uh, like they haven't released anything much about it and we it's haven't exciting. seen it in action yet. I think this might be the, um, the first time a lot of people get to see how the system works and its strengths, but also maybe its weaknesses. 100%. Um, but I'm excited. I'll check it out. I don't know if I'm going to buy it yet, but we'll see. Um, yeah. but let us know what you think in the comments. Uh, as Brett and Lee Mulligan says, get in the comments, but you know, not to talk shit about anybody. Just, you know, let me know if you like this game or whatever. Don't <laughs> um, that's about all I have for this week. So let's jump into a little bit of BS Charday. What have you been doing outside of the TTRPG tables? I mean... I haven't been doing much else other than what I was doing last week. Jesus I've been, well, I've been, I've been reading through our book club book. That's basically ooh, what I've ooh, been give doing. Give us a little hint. What are you thinking? Is it terrible? Are you like, why would I ever read this? Or are you like, ooh, I, I would read I, another one of these pulpy uh, fantasy novels. Uh, I have mixed feelings on it so far. I'm about half. Like name one thing that I've gone. Hey, what about this? That you're like, no mixed feelings. This is the best thing ever. I don't think it's ever happened. This is not surprising. <laughs> I always have mixed feelings on things, apparently. That's a nuanced club. opinion. You, I, I, I don't like when people don't have mixed feelings. Um, the But the way that you say mixed feelings is like, I have mostly negative feelings, but there's some things I could say that's positive. Yeah, that's the trauma of six years of writing school for you. I have mixed feelings on most things. I didn't things. know you went to writing school. You've never mentioned it. That's interesting. Yeah, I never mentioned it. Yeah, I, think I could talk about it for ages and all the traumatic experiences that I have <laughs> I got uh, baptized in fire. Yeah, that's probably not the way you're supposed to do baptisms, I guess. But uh, <laughs> um, uh, so it's it's interesting that you're reading it. Uh, you, we're talking about the Crystal Shard, Ari Salvatore's first book in the the Forgotten Realms, and all of the subsequent books out of that series with prequels. Mm -hmm. And Dritzt is one of the main characters in this. Uh, this is the introduction to the Icewind Dale heroes. I forget the name of their little uh, adventuring party. They, um, if they have one, they have, it has not been mentioned in the book yet. <laughs> it, it doesn't get mentioned until the second book. Um, oh, okay. Then, okay it's like the Heroes of the Silver Hall or something like that. Um, so, yeah. So, I, I liked it. I, I, I read this book as, like as a child. And uh, so, it's got like that fond nostalgia for me. I would liken sure. it like it's the fantasy version of something like Uncharted. 
um, or Indiana Jones, where it's like, if you try to read into it a little bit further, it, it you can poke a lot of holes into it. If you're enjoying it like a Fast and the Furious book, you know, where it's like, it's pulpy action. There's a few, like, heart, you know, filled moments, but mostly it's like, fight scene to next fight scene to fight scene. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. um that is it's action set pieces the book you know mm-hmm. but fantasy flavored so if you're looking mm-hmm. for that i highly recommend it if you're looking for the, like that nuanced and that game of thrones and this magic and that magic and this like super heartfelt story like that's listen you're gonna be let down pretty quickly <laughs> <laughs> and then especially like i i started to fall off i think around like book six or seven they do this like love triangle thing that is really ill-advised in my opinion. Whenever you're talking about elves and humans for love triangles, I always get a little icky because elves the live elves for live hundreds of years. So long. And, and thousands of years. And, and humans do not. So you have somebody usually, usually in these, it's not just it's not just these books. Other books are just as bad about it. But you have yeah. these books where like an adult elf will meet a child human and then later on when they're of legal age they fall in love very convenient there's a room for that it's called mm. grooming and it's called grooming, and that's and, gross and <laughs> even, if not, even if they weren't groomed it's still icky right like it, yeah this person was a child so like i just don't like that and they get into that no. a lot with the series uh, oh ew yeah and, and it's like it's they handle it well in my opinion but it's still like ugh, it's like the my least favorite well, part about the whole series i was gonna say like well in what circumstance like I don't I like love triangles if they're done well because I love the drama of it I think it's good pretty lazy but still like it, it can up up the tension if you don't have anything else to do but if it's done poorly it just ruins the entire fucking book <laughs> like I, if it's just in my opinion it's not it's just like, like it kind of comes out of nowhere eventually Ooh. and it's on the human character's part which again is what I appreciate a little bit more about it was like well the human character a little bit younger there's some naivete there mm-hmm. and like not understand like because you know this elf is an adult you don't understand that they've lived several of your lifetimes so there's a little right, bit of that 100%. ignorance and they talk about it and they in like mm. th- so like they handle it well i still just didn't like that they did that to that character is the thing just in general yes, like, it's exactly. just like yeah just because you're acknowledging how weird it is doesn't make it any less Ex- exactly it's a little bit of that which i'm sure you've seen as they talk about like the drow like i think they handle it well with the best they can like with what that world is it's still a little bit like well it's still fucked up <laughs> like you know, like it doesn't change oh yeah that, no you know? i have i already have pages of notes Interesting. Um. <laughs> So did you enjoy any aspect of it? Or you were like, I I hope we don't have to read more of these. Well, I'll save most of my opinions for book club and for Patreon. Yeah. I just, I just want to know, do you think like, would you be interested in reading more of these? That's the only thing I'm curious. I want to see if it improves Mm -hmm. because I, I enjoy certain aspects of it. I enjoy that there, that the book gives the perspective of the heroes, but also the villain. Mm -hmm. Cause I, don't you don't see that nearly as often as you should and it's such a good way to up the tension and to show and like to show that there are things going on outside of the hero's knowledge and that these two plots are you know separated but you know at some point they're going to come together and it it gives that like dramatic irony of like when is this going to come to a head um so i like the structure of it i like where he's going i think the plot is fun it is like actiony and pulpy it's just some of the other stuff that's covered and in the fine details and when you start poking holes in certain things that's where i'm like oh this doesn't 
I don't, I don't like how they worded this. I don't like what this implies and I don't like this specific thing. Yeah. Um, but like the overall of it, like it's still like, I get like the pulpy actiony bit of it. I think it's a pretty decent story. It's just, it falls apart at the seams. It's not quite as tightly knit and as it could be in certain aspects, especially with representation of certain genders, but I'll get into that in book club. <laughs> what, uh, what representation, right? That's part of the issue. Exactly. <laughs> what, where, where are all the ladies? There are none. There's one. <laughs> I think my, like the biggest issue I have with Caddy Bree specifically is they make a point to say Caddy Bree is better than any male at most mm. combat in that world. And then they uh, proceed to never let her fight. <laughs> yeah, I, they hinted at it, and also like the first introduction she has is like, "Oh, she's not like the other girls." I'm like, "I'm not like, off. You know, like fuck you, right off." <laughs> like, and like, are you the, in my opinion, Ari Salvatore does a really good job of eventually like fleshing that out, uh, I, like letting her fight. That's what and... I was hoping. That's what I want to give him a second chance. So I don't think all the stuff he's writing in his first fantasy fiction novel like you authors can always improve like i don't want to judge an author by like one book i read like i've read neil gaiman book like one neil gaiman book and i hated it however i know he's a very beloved author and i'm not going to judge him from the one book i read i'm going to read his other books eventually so i know you don't read a lot of comic books but i would recommend his comic books over some of his novels i know you told me to read sandman Sandman, sandman's really up your alley just (laughs) i wouldn't say melodrama is the wrong word it's just like more appropriate drama it's relationship drama like i I hate when people always say that that's melodrama and it's not like it doesn't have to be you know it's literally not like character driven drama they conflate those two things you know where it's like oh the drama is just interpersonal that's melodrama it's like no that's that's uh but but yeah so like the foundation of literature is melodrama exactly but anyways uh uh, yeah, so I'm excited to see that, that you weren't, like, so turned off that you, you want to go with it. My thing with Ari Salvatore, like you said, it's the pulp action of it. And I think that yeah. there's not a lot of writers, in my opinion, that handle action scenes as well as Ari Salvatore. Like, the way he weaves it together, you get the mm-hmm. picture in your head fast enough, and it doesn't slow down the action, you know? He doesn't have to spend 15 paragraphs explaining how the sword is held for you to get, that it's mm-hmm. like a reverse grip into a slash, into now this mm-hmm. troll's falling over. So... Mm-hmm. I, I love that. I, I'm from that school of, like, that's a good way to, to to do those, like, bigger fantasy fight scenes. So I dig a lot of that stuff. I agree with almost all your points, though. Um, <laughs> I haven't because, finished the book know, yet, though, either. So, like, fair. I don't know if any of my opinions will change. Ah, Probably not. I, I, all <laughs> but, uh, the things that you said, I don't think improved by the end of the book. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, okay. I, I mean, the, the action is cool. The story's still good at the end, but I don't think that, like, now they're written better at the end. You know, I don't think that that, that mm. is the case. But uh, mm-hmm. because there's such a short read and such a fast read, you know, I read, I think, like, seven of them last summer because my wife uh, wanted to try them because she'd heard me talk about them forever. And she was like, well, I want to read them. So I reread them with her in, like, you know, two months. Uh, they're very, very quick reads. Even if you read slowly, you know, it's action scene to action scene. So there's mm-hmm. not, you don't have the George R. R. Martin, we're going to spend 15 pages on this feast type thing. 
Uh, yeah, so... he, does, he does meander a little bit, like with certain details, but it's never the action scenes, which I always appreciate because I can only stay in an action scene for so long before I'm like, okay, skim. Okay, that guy gets it. Okay, he, they're dead. Okay, cool. When he meanders, <laughs> like, it's like the fun well. world building. So, like, I don't mind yeah. it. But then, and like, it usually is for a purpose. Like, he doesn't meander too often that that, that detail won't matter later on. Um, mm-hmm. I will say that sometimes it seems like it because it doesn't matter in this book. Um, yeah. so like there is a lot of stuff where it's like we're going to talk about this halfling and the way he eats and the people he's hanging out with and you're like well why do I care and then in three books it's like oh that comes up oh, that's why I care Which is, it, it's, <laughs> again I reference Fast and Furious it reminds me of Fast and Furious a little bit where it's like mm-hmm. this dumb character theirs is like retroactive storytelling whereas Nari Salvatore is like uh, if I get the chance to write two more of these I'm going to talk about that okay so I so I know exactly what you're talking about, and like I will say, there is a reason for a lot of it. Is that going to pay I off as well for it. you? Maybe not. Reading them when you're 16, man, it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I remember this from two books ago. Oh, it's genius. Exactly. Exactly. It reminded me of like comic book like writing sometimes, where like they'll retroactively go like, oh, remember that like blonde chick? What if we gave her superpowers? People think that's pretty cool, right? And like, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you're like, oh, that is kind of cool. cool. <laughs> you know. <what> I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, I'm excited that you're reading them. Uh, it's okay if you hate them. I won't hate you any more than I already do. So, uh, yeah, already love her. Uh, my, my, uh, my BS stuff is just as another book. I've been reading, uh, Night Angel Nemesis. Uh, I have maybe two or three chapters left of it. I haven't quite finished it yet. If you're familiar with Night Angel, this was, uh, Brent Weeks is the author fantasy series. I would say young adults, uh, maybe a little bit higher up there. When it comes to, mm-hmm. I, in my opinion, like the style of it, not like better written than young adult, just like I would say it's a little bit more aimed at adults. Um, yeah, was, there's more adult themes. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Like it came out where, maybe 2009, 2008, right around there. Um, mm-hmm. And it was published in monthly succession, which was crazy. It was a big fantasy novel one month, then the next month, the sequel, then the, the following month, the, the final in the trilogy uh filing uh kyle uh kyle <laughs> kyler stern who is this magical assassin that has uh this magical artifact that is what makes him special but he's not special you know so there's a little bit of the mm. chosen one stuff i think it has really good world building a really cool um dark fantasy setting that has more of like a soft magic system so if you get a little bit burned out with the brandon sanderson's of the world of like here's how everything works and we're going to give you a paper on it before you can read chapter one it's not that like you can have fun and not dive super far into each magic system but it is there if you want to uh but he did that trilogy way back when then he did another series of books called the Lightbringers, um which is uh magic by colors uh so like if you see red you can do fire magic if you if you Mm -hmm. have green powers you do green stuff i i didn't like it um so i was really (laughs) excited when he (laughs) sorry i get a lot of shit for it but it was like it was very brandon sanderson it was very magic system first story second um, yeah, but like that's what you go to Ryan Sanderson for. Like sure. you, a lot, a lot of people love that. That's not my bad. I love, I love it because I love seeing 
different magic systems that don't work like you think they're going to but i'm a world building nerd who wrote literally an entire dissertation on it i'm not like the general audience i eat that shit up but like some, I, a lot of people won't they might think it's like arbitrary and they just want to read a really cool story if i and really liked the story valid. i would be all into brandon sanderson's style that's why i liked when he finished out robert jordan's wheel of time because robert jordan's style was hey i love this story and here's world building. I just don't like, there's only so many mm-hmm. books I can read about Satan being behind it all. You know, um, <laughs> you can just find God. You'll be able to, to save this fantasy world. So and I, fair. <laughs> and I, I just don't like it. I'm over it. I love the style of that, of like, here's a bunch of world building though. If I'm into it, that's probably why I like comic books, right? Like, uh, you know, superhero ones specifically mm-hmm. um, when it comes to world building, it's like, Oh, I like this world. Here's 50 more little bits and pieces of knowledge about it. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brent Weeks definitely went a little bit further with that, with Nemesis, which is like bringing this character back and um, finishing that trilogy, which I think wraps up pretty well. And now jumping back into that character and, learning a little bit more from his other series fleshing out that world a little bit it's a little bit of a slower novel a little bit more of like hey i'm gonna build this up and this might not be another trilogy this might be a series of like nine books kind of thing so mm-hmm. we're building more rules that's really exciting i will say it's very jarring um to be like 16 to 20 reading a story about a character with your same age and so therefore like your same style of thinking you know being a uh, young adult or a teenager reading a story about a young adult or a teenager and then reading that same character, uh, you know, a decade removed from that, you know, like I'm in my thirties mm-hmm. now and the character didn't age at all. This picks up just like several months after the third book and just being completely oh, annoyed by everything they do. So <laughs> that was Dumb really frustrating. Kid. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's, it's that, you know, like I, I'm a fucking father now, you know, like I'm very right. different mentality than when I first read those books. And I'm relating to this, like this orphan who only, only way forward is to maybe get, um, uh, apprentice to an assassin. And, and like, mm-hmm. so you go from there. I'm like, Oh, that's so cool. And like, now, now he does stuff. I'm like, well, that's the dumbest thing you could do. Like, you know, where's your 401k? <laughs> um, that's a joke but like but there is just a lot of like i'm reading this book about a teenager and i do not relate to this character at all so yeah uh if you were a fan of night angel i recommend it because going back to that world's really cool i i love that world but be warned that because it only takes place a few years later but it's been a decade for us um if not Mm -hmm. more it is a rough read in that case i guess it's been closer to 15 years but you get it. I'm old, and the character's not, so <laughs> uh, you'll you'll feel the the wrinkles and the back pain. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you for letting me rant about Night Angel. Are you gonna check it out? I know you read the series way back when. It it's on my list for sure, but I would need to like read from. I might need to just reread the whole trilogy because like I haven't read it since late no early undergrad. Yeah, I haven't read it in like. <sighs> nearly 10 years yeah i yeah it's not i i would need to re-familiarize i remember like three care four no yeah four characters i don't remember what the plot was i remember a major character death i remember how a character was done dirty and that's about it um so i would need to like re-familiarize myself with what were they doing who's the villain what's happening um 
but I might definitely because I I would want a better conclusion than the one we got with the trilogy because I remember not liking the ending very much. But I like parts of the ending. It kind of reminds me of like How I Met Your Mother, which is like I don't like what they did. I liked like the pieces of it. You know what I mean? Like mm. they're like moments of this. Like, oh, this is cool. I don't like what you're setting up and like how you you like got there a little bit. Like your conclusion is different than what I would have got from it. So I mm. agree. It was kind of. I had that combination of like, I'm relieved that they're jumping in just a few months later because I'm excited to see them kind of not undo necessarily, but deal with the ramifications of the stuff I didn't like and like what mm -hmm. that means. So that was exciting. But then there's the opposite. I'm like, I was really hoping this is like, you know, 10 years later and these characters have aged up. Brent Weeks is a much better writer now. Like, what, is, what does he do with that? <laughs> and instead, mm -hmm. like most of the book is having this young 20 something guy realize oh hey so it's also brett weeks acknowledging like i don't treat women well i don't write women i didn't write women well um back then we're gonna change slowly throughout this book which is really cool to see but also mm -hmm. just like it is a slog going oh man i empathize with this character like you're just a piece of oh shit, god you know? <laughs> which is, in my opinion i was i'm not saying all you know 16 to 20 year old dudes are pieces of shit i was so like it's it's a really rough for me going back and going yeah, man, no, yeah, I would I would have said something similar, and uh, I don't like that. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I just want to apologize to anybody who knew me a decade ago. That's uh, that's that sucks. It sucks for you. Rip. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, so yeah, so I recommend it. If you do reread them, let me know. I'd love to talk about them because while there are mm -hmm. issues I have with it, I still really love this series. So it'd be cool to get your your uh, point of view on the yeah, whole thing yeah, yeah. i'm sure we talked about it a decade ago when you read that we definitely but... did but like we've both changed as people a little bit since i think that. And like people. our people you can say it you don't have to you don't have to be around <laughs> in empathy and realizing how fucked up the world is become more jaded um and oh, our definitely. standards are higher for some things <laughs> i also think it was we're adults now i think right we're adult ish you know <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I claim to be an adult. I don't know. Like somebody else might argue it, but I, I claim it. Oh man. All right. Well, that's about it. That that's all we have for you today. I'm sorry. Uh if you were hoping for more, uh, you know, if you want more, you can head on over to patreon.com slash can't be killed creations. You can get early content, bonus content, our lore rewrites, our book club episodes, Slavenly Trolls After Dark. Um, if you want to, you can email us creations at gmail.com or head on over to creations.com and click contact us and you can get us over there as well. You can get all of our content on that website. Um, if you want to contact us on Twitter, I guess you can do that at Pod. I'm at Resident Stevel over there. You can find my comic books anywhere comic books are sold uh, online digitally um if you live in the greater michigan great lakes area you can find some of my comic books just hidden in stores because i just slide them in there sometimes they're like hey don't come in here and like i find a way um <laughs> my pen name is t.s luther so you can find that stuff over there my comic book growing up is now finally available in print so if you like what i have or you want to like hate on me buy the book first and then you have more evidence towards uh how much you hate me uh i'm fine you can do whatever you want as long as you pay me um <laughs> speaking of all of that Sade, where can the people find you online? They can find me as the best half of the Slavenly Trolls podcast. Nobody can ever tell you different because the other half isn't here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we, we talk about the D&D's problematic past and how to make it better and also maybe how we got there. And then I run the Slavenly Trolls Twitter 
at slovenly trolls with t-r-u-l-l-s not a troll i'm not a troll today and this is show is also it's cave trolls i know yeah. I, like that has caused some confusion recently um especially always when you google podcast cave trolls my name comes up because i used to have a podcast <laughs> called the cave trolls that's why we did cave trolls it was like an inside joke for us kind of thing uh mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry for the confusion <laughs> That came up recently on Twitter. They were like, I found it, but it's like hasn't been updated in years. I'm like, oh, that's a different show. Oops. Uh, oops. I didn't even know you could still find it. Uh, we used to talk about video games sometimes. I don't know. It wasn't a good show. Uh, but yeah, so Cave Trolls, T-R-U-L-L-S. If you're listening to this, you should know. Like, come on. You see it right there and on like right whatever there. device you're listening to. Uh, either way, thank you for listening. We've been the Cave Trolls and we're out. Oh, and I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Once again, we have that special time where we get to thank our Patreon producers. Right now, we have Kim Winson, Jeremy Raymond, The Lorax, and Trellbot. Thank you so much for helping us keep the lights on, the mics rolling. You keep chicken sandwiches in our pockets, and you keep us having fun on the mic. Thank you so much.